This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 92, Organizing Games with T.G. Welch. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I feel like the best place to start here is to talk about how this episode has been in the making for probably five, four months, five months. Has it really been that long where we've been talking? When about did the tournament like, end? The tournament ended in April, right? So yeah. it's been since April. Dude, so it's that's been a blur for me since the tournament ended, <laughs> basically. Like, I thought I'll wake up on Saturdays being like, oh, got a game, got to right. got to watch somebody play for 10 hours. Wake up in a cold sweat. Mm hmm. Well, we, we have Tyler today. We got T.G. Welch, if you're familiar with the Discord. T.G. Welch was in the tournament, and you're one of our Space Kitties. We're doing a Space Kitty episode today. Uh, Tyler, say hi. Hello, everybody. What's going on? We're, we're super... I'm stoked to have you because, uh, boy, we were going to record this episode literally, like, maybe the second week of May or earlier. Uh, and, and here then, we are. It's what, here what, we what, are. When is it? What year it's, is it? It is currently 2014. 40 and uh, we're finally getting to Tyler's episode. Oh wow, it's 2040. Um, so yeah. global warming must have hit in like pretty hardcore at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, the floor is lava and, and it's <laughs> we're all doomed. I'm in my underwater dome where I live <laughs> by myself. Um, we are we we have a fun episode today because uh so the tournament just finished up right the patreon tournament just finished so this is a super (laughs) topical episode and we're we're gonna talk about tournament. no uh tyler reached out to us right after that and really wanted to talk about um some stuff in the tabletop simulator community and so we've been I mean, obviously, this this episode has had more effort and thought put into it than any episode ever because we've been ha- we've had an outline for three months and have been all brainstorming it for that long. So prepare yourself for the most thought through episode. I'm I'm already making it out to be more than it should be, and people are getting their standards uh, up too high. Uh, no, I, I've off. been thinking about this every day for <laughs> as long as, for you said 2040. So yeah, so 20, tw- tw- 20 years. 21 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, no pressure here. Uh, yeah. No, uh, to take the pressure <laughs> off, to take the pressure off, I want to talk about Tyler for a minute. And I want to talk yeah. about the stuff of uh, how many times Tyler uh, Tyler Welch has played Twilight Imperium and in what amount of time that has all taken place. So, Tyler, when did you start playing Twilight Imperium? <laughs> um, yeah, it's been about a year looking at the calendar here now, July 21st. So yeah, I, I learned it. It was the second board game I ever learned right after Terraforming Mars. Wow. So number of games played. Um, we started in person before I even learned about Tabletop Simulator. And it was the same group of guys. Never got a six-player game in, in our group. It was always the same four people total. And um, uh, between the four of us, that's probably where we would get so many games in, especially in a day, because we'd do them back to back. But I'd say easily 100 to 150 games in about a two-month span. Oh, my God. Jesus. So that's horrifying. Um, And (laughs) we're going to take you to board game prison. Uh, But before we do that... So you you've told us before, I guess that 
eventually, um, what you started to to not be able to organize groups with those those players anymore. So you had to find somewhere else to find players. Walk me through that. Yeah, it probably makes sense to help you understand why I was able to get that many games in. I didn't work. I took uh, about five months off of work, just kind of felt like throwing in the towel for my job for a bit, needed a break. And um, before decided I decided to go to work, work at the Twilight Imperium factory. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the guys, uh, they were my buddies back home in California, and uh, they were retired uh, cops, so they had a lot of free time, and they loved games. We played poker initially. We were a big poker group, um, and then that segued into this once I introduced them to Terraforming Mars. Cool, cool. So how did you discover uh, that you wanted to play on Twilight, or on Tabletop Simulator, uh, pretty much constantly? Um, after a while I became the rule guy and I learned everything, probably studied the rule book on this thing through and through. And again, this is before I met some of the gurus that are out there that, you know, managed to correct me even online still to this day. But, uh, for our group, I was the rule master basically, cause I was fact checking everything on the, the TI discord. Right. Um, but I wasn't playing yet on tabletop and then after a while I think they were just getting tired of losing to me and <laughs> <laughs> they introduced other games and you know we played a lot of different stuff but nobody was really finding it fun anymore so yeah that led to me getting on the uh, tabletop simulator to find some more competition wait so, so, did, so did they move on like did they not play TI anymore these three people that you started with well, the guy that bought the board, bought he went on to like Etsy and got a custom made like tile placement table, which I own now. And then he bought the dice tower and all the good fix ups, and um, he basically sold it all back. He doesn't play it anymore. Wow! Basically, fell apart. The glue so left. I moved to Texas, and yeah. they don't play anymore. <laughs> That's so well, funny. So, if you could, I just want to start this off on the best foot possible. If you could even try to estimate. How many individual games of Twilight Imperium do you think you've played? Collectively. Um, gosh, I haven't looked at my hours logged on tabletop in a while, but collectively, probably 250, 300 by now. That's mind-numbing. In a yeah. year, in, in basically less than a year, like 250 to 300 <laughs> games. Um, so what you've learned in all of those games is how to... Uh, find the players that you like to play with, I would assume. I, I would imagine there's many people you've played with, and we're not going to sit here and like try to like, you know, you know, run roughshod over, over anybody, but like, you found players that didn't sync with your personality type and your style. We've all been there. Um, so I want to first talk about like, how do we, uh, how do you approach, especially in the tabletop simulator community, where you're just kind of like hopping on the forum for the first time and like don't know anybody? If you were to encourage someone, like how, how do you suss out the players you want to play with and and don't? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I first started, I just kind of did it the standard way, right? Go to the LFG and you know do that, and it would take a while. Um, I'd have days that. I would hope to get a game started early in the morning so that I could be done by the time, you know, my girlfriend gets home from work because God forbid, you know, you don't want that to bleed into uh, <laughs> to QT. But no, man, I truthfully, that was the way that it went. And then after a while playing so many times, you'd start to see a lot of the same names. And, you know, I'm way more about having a good time with people and making sure that, you know, we gel well and there's some good personalities at the table when you spend that much time in a game. <laughs> so 
that initially kind of became it, and I kept a little bit of a log uh, mentally for the most part, and then um, kind of wrote down some notes here and there about some of the players that you know were really, I guess, the top favorites that I've been buying personally. Um, and then I would just do some you know PMs and set them invites to see if we could try to organize a game. And um, I mean, I think it was really patience as a virtue. He's the one that kind of started this whole thing because I got some invites with him after a while because we had played so many games together that. And I was hoping I could be a part of those games, and that's kind of where the, the ball got rolling from right there. And then after a while, I kind of built a book of uh, names that you know were guys that we played quite a bit with, and then from there, um, it's it's been growing. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk a little bit about like what what about this specific group like kind of draws you to them or ma- or made you want to like I want to play with these people basically. Like, what are the their qualities that made that made that appealing to you? Yeah, no. So I guess dating back to how I got into the TTS segue was um, more competition. So I like, you know, the guys that um, or girls. I don't think we've ever really played with more than one or two females. But um, I, I definitely look for the more uh, skilled, highly competitive players because that's really my core DNA. Um, definitely would never claim to be the most skilled at this game. It's got an infinite skill level, truthfully. I don't think you right. can ever master yeah. it. It's just play style. I think everyone has their own unique play style, and I like to learn from others that are you know, way more advanced in their, their play style and their skill level. Yeah. That, that, that was the big catalyst on top of, um, or at least the main reason that I invite other players, but it's that, and then I like, you know, I'm a laid-back kind of guy personally, so I like to just look for a good group of people, crack some jokes. There's some games where... <laughs> and I'm eliminated by round two, and you know I probably had a couple too many uh, whiskeys by that time. But <laughs> <laughs> was looking to just have fun, you know. That's cool. So, so you're kind of at a point with this group where like you can hang, but sometimes like they still they still get the best of you. Would you say that's true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's probably rare that I, I take the the win in most of the games. I've had a couple roles where you know it, when they say it, uh, it rains at fours, but the droughts are long. My droughts are long, <laughs> but um, I you know get on a one or two or three game win streak. It's it's tough to knock you know certain players off their uh, their win rolls like seven. You know he know he knows who he is, but <laughs> he's uh, typically the guy that takes down a W in our group. Cool. Well, so if you would say, like, let's say there might be some people listening to this that are like playing a lot of TI on TTS and maybe they don't have access to, you know, the the level of skilled players that you have access to. What are some things that maybe they can do that would like help them kind of break into because like like you're saying, you're not even you know, you're playing a lot, but you're not like you know, you're not outpacing these people at, at every moment. So there must be other people that are possibly in that position. What are some things you think that maybe they could do to like start playing more with more skilled players? Um, on, you said on TTS? Yeah, like, like on TTS. Um, I think it's really to just have the open mindset and, you know, the definition of insanity is expecting a different outcome, right? <laughs> when you keep doing the same thing. And I, it's hard to get that kind of knocked out of your mind in this kind of a game because it requires a lot of thought. And um, I think for me, it was more so certain games just knowing I wasn't going to win, but may- maybe just focus more on, you know, the names that I knew were winning quite a bit more mm-hmm. and watching what they did, when they did it, timing windows became huge. And as we've learned with uh, 
the multiple iterations of rule sets and how that happens to right. affect the game too. But um, yeah, really, honestly, it's just, it became more of like a subject in school and I like to just study and I like to learn. So that's, that's something personally about me that not just for this game, but I like to, I like to learn. So I figure I can learn from different people. Yeah. And have, so uh, the, the tricky part of tabletop simulator and the, and the tabletop simulator discord that we, that has been set up, it's the, the twilight Imperium, uh, for tabletop simulator group, uh, it's not matchmaking, right? It's not a proper matchmaking. There's not like a good way to definitely formulate a great group. So I'm wondering when, when you are organizing these games, I think maybe some people need uh, a sort of guide on like how much time should they expect to like how much notice should they give when they are wanting to organize the games? Because I think where people run into trouble is it's like, oh, wow, it's. 10 a.m. on a Thursday. I don't have work today. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just jump into a game of of Twilight Imperium, and that's certainly possible on the Tabletop Simulator community. But when you're trying to get a a group of people together, where you're like kind of cultivating the people you specifically want to play with, how far in advance are you planning that for the Tabletop Simulator community? Um, it depends on the day of the week. I've also by now I've got a log, and I have pretty much a general availability <laughs> of all the people that I routinely play with, but um, I think that it's, you know, probably anywhere from three to five days is the lead time that I'll put on it, but depending okay. on the game. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. And it's interesting to know that there's, that you have a log. I feel like that's almost something that needs to start becoming a community resource is like, what are people's general schedules so that people can know like, oh, if, if I want to play with, you know, so if I want to play with TG Welch, you know, you know, these three nights of the week are going to be the best nights to like try to find an open, an open day. You know, maybe I'll avoid doing something on a Thursday night so that I can definitely play with this small group of people. So I'd love to see the community come together and put something like that uh, together. But maybe we should dip into a little bit of the sour subject, which I don't think we want to name names or anything especially because we're gonna we're gonna find good ways to talk about this but there's obviously people have played with uh people they don't want to play with ever again uh and this happens in person too right i mean it's just like oh, if, yeah. you, if you go and play with a bunch of strangers sometimes your style doesn't gel with someone else's um so how do we avoid things like just a straight up blacklist because I don't I think that's something that gets recommended a lot which is just like well if you don't like playing with someone don't ever play with them again and that in an online community where we're trying to cultivate like a welcoming atmosphere that's not the best way to go about it so I mean what's like what's your approach when you know the game ends and there's maybe one or two players where it's just like that didn't go well uh with with so and so yeah it's a good question and uh, I, the blacklist word, I mean, that's, that's a pretty strong word for the online world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I personally don't have a blacklist per se. I just know that there are a handful of folks that you know, I've had rougher games with. And sometimes it's not even me. Like, I'm totally okay with letting anybody back into a game. But sometimes some of the more uh, frequent players in these types of organized games that will set up, it will have some sort of influence on that say too and that becomes an issue because we want to keep you know everybody working and the good synergy between the table so um in those situations you know i don't just you know do the um you know i'll just block them out but i'll sometimes just send them a private message and be like hey you know we, we just had some comments and if you want to get back into the game i'm totally cool with it but um here's some of the things that were said and if it's possible, maybe we could just kind of work on that. And I've actually had positive outcomes from that before where, you know, certain folks have been reinvited 
uh, back into the game and have not had those types of issues before or again. So, yeah. So, so basically, when somebody demonstrates like poor etiquette in Twilight Imperium, your your approach is to just talk to them like an adult, right? <laughs> yeah, weird, right? That's, that's a strange <laughs> approach. This is mind blowing. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna write this down that if you have a problem with someone, you can actually just talk to them about it. And <laughs> I might get a tattoo of that now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I, I think a great uh, question would be uh, like I don't know. Okay, have you TG Welch? I don't know how many of the um, games that we have on our youtube have you ever watched but there's one that we reference a few times uh where hunter oh is, wow this is what you're doing you're i'm gonna, doing this just, you're gonna just call well me i want right to no i'm not After calling I've already you out called myself out several times <laughs> i want to i i know i would like to know tyler what would your approach be in a game or maybe it's only after a game um i, I guess that's the question i'm asking is is that the kind of thing like do you, do you like call out someone's etiquette mid-game or is it kind of like let the you know let let the storm move on and then come back to it later uh or is it is it something that's like has it ever been bad enough in a game where like someone has to be called out in game it's a really interesting question um <laughs> I'll tell you, like, I'm not going to sit here and stand uh, high and mighty because I'm definitely no angel myself. I've had my moments where I've, I'm very easy, but I'm reactive. And I've had instances where, you know, round one guy tries to take my home, was successful and really pissed me off. And it led to me going on and just dedicating my game to total elimination Right. Um, and was successful at that. And then, you know, they dropped and they just, you know, dropped, yeah. <laughs> no, no announcement of it. So um, I'm definitely not perfect at the table etiquette discussion part in some instances, but um, I, in that particular game, made sure I apologized to the group. And a lot of those guys are part of the organized group that I still play with. So, right. you know, it's, it's not a big deal. I think that uh, the whole theme here is that I just believe in, you know, making sure that if you have someone that just, you know, drops from the game, get unannounced, go about it the usual way, which is try to find a replacement. And if we can't do that, we'll just keep the ball rolling and, yeah. you know, deal with the less one less player. But um, maybe sometimes they're more, more vocal and they stick around and become um, a problem for the table. Then, you know, it's sometimes we've had to kind of stop and have those types of discussions just right there at the table just to kind of cool the jets and keep the game moving. And right. I never really had an issue beyond that if ever that became uh, an insertion point in the game. So, um, yeah, but usually it's uh, more so like there's got to be some sort of follow up afterwards right. too to be well, like, hey, that wasn't cool. And I ask all of this not to discourage anyone from like, I don't want to scare anybody off of the tabletop simulator community. More so, I want to encourage everyone to take this same approach of, you know, just talk to each other like adults about, about these things. And there's no need to just ban people from the community. Um, right. And it's more about some people come to the table with these different expectations. So for someone who's only played, you know, two games of Twilight Imperium and and now they're jumping on Tabletop Simulator, like they want they should be joining a a different kind of game probably than uh than maybe someone who's like looking to do some cutthroat elimination round 1. Like that's those are two different types of players that don't need to be in the same game together. I think there's a a misconception that happens in the community that like everything is viable and uh that anything can happen in any game and that's sort of true but also it's 
true within your own community, right? So like the example I've been using recently is when Hunter and I play in Good Yin Brotherhood games, I don't have a very strong interest in uh, eliminating anyone. We had that recent game where we, we the reason we did the Soul versus Yin episode last week was because we played a Good Yin Brotherhood game and I was kind of like jumping all over uh, Fargonis, but I, I could not bring myself to eliminate Fargonis because... Well, the the guy paid me to be in this game, so I'm not really gonna just like make his. You know, it's like, all right, you're done in an hour. Get out of here, scrub. So I, I'm not interested in that. So it's a different context. So if you're the kind of player who's like, no, I came to be a part of this whole thing. I want to play with the type of people who don't just like straight up eliminate round one. I don't. I'm not interested in that. I want to encourage people that there are other people looking for those types of games too and you just need to uh to seek them out and find them and when you play a game with a group of people that you like follow up with them uh remember the people you like and play with them again um so it needs to be less about blacklisting players you don't like and it's more about really like jump on the players that you do like and find ways to play with them again and and like tyler said you know give it give it a few days notice if you're really wanting to get a specific game together you know reach out to them a week or you know three to seven days ahead of time to just like, hey, is there any way we can get a game together specifically? Because you don't need to force yourself into situations where you're always playing with strangers. That's that is kind of a recipe for disaster because you're you're not gonna get along with everybody in the community because everybody has a different play style. So I I I wanna make sure people know we're not coming at this from a a negative standpoint. It's it all ends up being about like encourage you to just play with the people you you like and and find them and maybe that sounds really obvious but it can feel like there's not that many people out there uh especially when you're used to that in like your local group like for me and Fayetteville it's like it feels like we don't have hardly anybody to play with so you know we'll take who we can get but in the tabletop simulator community you you can find more people than just that um so so always just keep looking um I kind of want to segue off of that into we're we're, we've We've been framed a lot on Tabletop Simulator, and maybe we can pull back for a second because there's a lot of people who aren't going to play on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, and I just wanted to to throw out like ideas for people looking to get better at organizing their games in real life. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Hunter, you, there's a note we have written down, and I think it's the most important note, and I want to know what's the most important thing if you're trying to organize a game of Twilight Imperium. <laughs> With a, with a group of people. Well, the uh, just in case, I know a lot of you listen to this show but don't know what Twilight Imperium is. Um, <laughs> I know we actually have a huge, uh, a lot of our listener blaze, base, blaze, a lot of our <laughs> listener base doesn't know about the game. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, make sure you have time to play because it's a long game, you dummy. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to try and frame this a little more like in terms of, of Tyler though because one thing that I thought was interesting about what Tyler was saying about his group is that it sounds like when you started Tyler you had like three just kind of ride or die like this is my group and we all came into this game together and one thing Mm -hmm. that I think is interesting about that is that is how me and Matt came into this as well yeah so I would say like let's say you were for some reason I don't know why you would be listening to the show right now and not and be starting Twilight Imperium for the first time and then this is the episode you checked out but let's (laughs) say all those things are true um (laughs) If you were going to start playing Twilight Imperium today, I think the first thing would be actually to just get your friends interested in it like before and try and come into the game as a group. Because I think there's a real like 
magic in that. Yeah. And there's almost a, a like, I, I think this episode maybe doesn't have the most solid through line to it. But one thing that I feel like we're talking about a lot is just like kind of how special and good it is to play with kind of the same people over and over that you yeah. kind of know and are kind of developing alongside. Um, so I would yeah. say if you have a group to come into the game with, that's always the better way to do it, right? Right. I always frame it as Twilight Imperium is the Super Bowl of of board games. Uh, and if you're not from America, I mean, people know what the Super Bowl is. But the point is that it's it's an event. It's a thing that like people are expected to show up. And that's what we're doing today. That's like our whole M.O. And to like go more than like go bigger than just the game when you're planning it. Like Hunter's saying, make it a group that you're just wanting to hang out with for eight hours. So you know, bring your own beer. Who's bringing the chips and salsa? Like, get all of those things. Treat it as a whole day, not as a just like, oh, come over and play Twilight Imperium. It is about uh, a lot more than that because it's about, like, we're going to have really weird dynamic relationships with each other for this entire day. Uh, and and just the things you need to plan for to make that a comfortable experience. Plan for a pizza phase. Plan, you know, just all these things where it's like, be ready to... Um, uh, experience the whole day together it's not just about like oh we got to get in the game so like you know make sure everybody shows up and and we're gonna make it as quick as possible that's not when twilight imperium is fun when you have a four-hour time limit twilight imperium is almost never fun in that scenario absolutely yeah i got a question actually for tyler though uh when you were playing with that four-player group you said you guys were knocking out several games in a row like how many when you say that do you mean like two or like could you guys like like, because four-player games can go pretty fast, and it sounds like you played a lot of four-player, which obviously I detest on like a very right. strong level. I kind of I spit up a little in my mouth when you said that, but <laughs> I figured you might. But no, our record, our run in one day was four games, so it was about an eighteen-hour day. Wow. So we started at like seven a.m. and I don't know, it was like three or four a.m. by the time I got home. <laughs> it was That's crazy, terrifying. But um, I was going to just kind of comment on the how to play more in uh, real life. Uh, if you don't have a group, which, you know, we had our set group and they kind of faded out and wanted to do other things or didn't want to play as frequently. And I was still, you know, just fiending for this game. So I needed to play more. <laughs> yeah. Um, my girlfriend and I used the Meetup app, right? And we just kind of put a listing out there, came to find that in Southern California, there were quite a lot of people that played Twilight Imperium based on the big major cities out there. Um, found a board game shop nearby that just, you know, threw it out there. Hey, who wants to come out? Um, got, you know, two new players that showed up that day. And that kind of segued into us building a regular group out of those two players and all their friends. And then we uh, set up a lot more six-player games, which I finally uh, got to get six-player IRLs back uh, before I moved through to Texas. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I have a similar thing of when I, I was on a job for four months in Jackson, Mississippi one time. And same thing, joined a meetup group that was just a board game group because I was looking for things to do on the weekends while I wasn't working but was still trapped in Jackson uh, and uh, found a group there and then ended up from that group because it was like a huge board game group of like, I don't know, like 20 people. Uh, but from that group, we had a reliable game every other weekend uh, and I was playing Twilight Imperium, you know, multiple times while I was in Jackson, this group and, and built a, a pretty cool relationship with all those people. This is in 2014. This is during TI3. So this is before kind of the new popularity of, of TI4. So it's only easier to accomplish that these days. Yep, absolutely. 
Yeah, board game shops are pretty magical, man. Like, I prior to getting into board games, I played a lot of Magic the Gathering. I grew oh, yeah. up on that game from when I was like seven till about 25. I was really into it. And Friday Night Magic was, that's kind of their uh, worldwide known way to, to get and interact with new players, find different levels of competition. So I just went back to my roots and was like, let's go to a board game shop. And kind of funny, like in that actual example of the meetup group that I found, there were probably three or four people that stopped by and were just watching our game. Right. And, you know, they were customers in the store, but one of the guys, like, gave me his name and number. He's like, I want to play this game. Yeah. I've never played TI4. And I'm like, dude, absolutely. I'm going to put you in our next game. Yeah, that's the magic of TI is, like, people have heard of it and people know about it, and it's just sort of this, like, mythical beast to them. So for me, it's always about encouraging them to join. You know, it's it always be inviting to new players in person or on Tabletop Simulator because as long as you connect with them on a personal level, they're going to find enjoyment out of that. I see people all the time try to say like, you know, don't, don't encourage someone to play if they've never played a board game before. But it's like, like you said, this is the second, you know, mainstream, not mainstream, but the, the second board game hobby board game you've ever played. And it was kind of the same for me. I had really only played like Axis and Allies before I got into Twilight Imperium. So it's certainly, I mean, Axis and Allies is, is it's in itself a beast, but the point is, I've gotten people to play with Hunter and I that didn't play any board games at all, but they were the type of people I knew we could hang out with with for eight hours. So as long as you, you know, have the right expectations for what those people are going to bring to the table when they come and play, you can still have a great time. Um, so it's kind of it all comes down to whatever your group is willing to do uh, to to get more people in it. But I just encourage everyone to get out there and uh, it's a social game. So you got to you probably have to get a little social to to find uh, more players. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering something like, uh, so you, it's, it sounds like you play a lot with a lot of very experienced people, but I'm wondering, do you approach the game any differently? If like, like, let's say you're in a game with a couple new people or maybe even just one new perp or how about this? What if I was in your game with all of the, with all of these like cutthroat killers Would (laughs) would, would your approach to the game be any different? Um, or do you, are you kind of, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer to this. I'm actually just kind of curious, like stylistically, um, are you one of those people that feels like you kind of give a helping hand or I I don't, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. I, um, again, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Matt, but like, it's a social game. I'm a very social person. You know, it's my job. I'm a sales guy. So I'm on the phones and doing meetings all the time and I'm just, it's my nature, but uh, you, you can see, especially the more games under your belt, you know, you have more experience and you can tell when there are those that are less experienced at the table, especially in real life. Um, and I definitely am usually the person that's like, if you see something that maybe they shouldn't have done, they had a better option and they just don't quite see it because, you know, how big this game can be. I always like to ask the table first that, you know, is it okay if we give constructive criticism after a play is made? Not that, you know, help someone strategize on right. the fly, but... Um, make sure because I mean, how are you going to learn, right? And right. you know, it's unfortunate that not everybody does that because it would probably make people maybe even like the game more. So, yeah. totally I- see it that way for newer players. But then anybody else, if it's the more strategic guys, like everybody knows their game, right? That, that has a good level of experience in this one. So it's just respecting the other players, really. And I, I like to at that point the more dynamic players. 
uh, the guys that we play with more uh, routinely online, I like to feel them out socially when they're my neighbors, mm-hmm. um, or they're the people I have to at least interact with the most throughout the game. I like to get a good level uh, of understanding of what they're what they're going to say yes to and what they're going to say no to, so that I know how much harder I can push on my ask for the next uh, request and kind of see how far they're going to bend before they get you know to the no point. I like that. I like what you said about invert because I think a lot of people just give a lot of front end advice uh, whenever they're playing with new players. And I feel like it is probably a lot more, um, it's more of a long-term strategy to look at somebody and kind of talk about their play after the fact, basically. I think sometimes when new players approach a table, more experienced players will almost kind of play for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really like what you said versus what I think is kind of a common issue, I think. Um, in teaching Twilight Imperium, which yeah, is, it's, I, I think, really difficult anyway. It's but. really important to get that, like, consent for accepting your help. Um, and and you should almost ask it every time. It's like, hey, do you want me to give, do, do you want an advice for this moment? And then later on, it's it, getting permission to give them advice one time is not permission to play their game for them. So mm-hmm. I, I do agree. It's, like, really important to kind of keep keep that up. And, and when they want it, yeah, you can be the kind of person who's ready to, to do it, but... Uh, having both sides of that coin is really important because a it's going to help the new players, but it's also not going to push someone away. That's like I I hated playing that game because you know one player was just not letting me do anything without them having a say in it. Um, and and both things can can hurt the experience. So it's important to be ready and able to help, but not pushing it. Yeah, it's kind of funny you say this too, because uh, it probably wasn't the way it was when I first started. I told you I was hyper competitive and really getting into this when I first learned about it. But uh, it's probably worth mentioning that uh, another person in that core group of mine back home that we played so many in-person games with is my girlfriend, and we live together. So um, <laughs> we have had some very interesting bouts in this right. game. Yeah, <laughs> and um, one in particular was. I guess maybe it's more on the opposite of this, but also making sure you don't tell the table if you do know what they're trying to score. And I took that away from her when she had a chance to win the game, and it really pissed her off yeah. because I took Unveil Flagship out of her ability to score when I told someone to use a skill retreat. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's certainly a line that can be crossed with, like, giving help it's almost not even just about is everyone is that player cool with you giving help but it's like hey is everyone else cool with me giving help i know that's something i get um accused of pretty often is because i'm i'm that kind of player too where i sort of just start helping a new player as much as i can without kind of doing the due diligence first and then i get players uh like i don't know like hunter donaldson who will say things like now matt's just trying to coerce you into the things he wants you to do I want to also give you this advice because this advice won't directly hurt me. And I think that is kind of a pretty fair stance to take is like maybe two people should be offering the advice at the table if it's at all possible. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like that scenario you just set up was was fairly dishonest and that I not to not to make this about me and you, but it does feel like you keep trying to make it about me and you and you are clearly you are doing that. I'm not doing that at all, but to respond a little bit to this unwarranted <laughs> criticism, all of a sudden lobbed at me in the middle of us no, recording it's a criticism an episode. on me. It's in a the middle, of, me. in the middle of us recording an episode that has nothing to do with that. Uh, uh, first of all, I just want to say you're petty. Second of all, I just want to say <laughs> that the way that scenario normally plays out 
is I it's it's exactly like how you described it, except for I don't give any I don't give a whole lot of advice and I don't really like to. I just yeah. like to point out when you're when I feel like you're leaving something out or being yeah. devious. No, that's uh, I, true. I, I generally don't like to I, I also am not a very good talker when I play. I have to like consciously like remember to like actually talk to the other players. Right. Um, right. because I feel like I get I think, in my head a lot. I think I called you out for that in our Gideon Brotherhood game one time. You were my neighbor as ghosts and I think I did one or two things early on to to kind of tick you off and uh, I think you were trying to score like the three command counterpoint mm-hmm. and <laughs> I made sure that I uh uh, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Everybody in the world knows the name of this card, but the one where you uh, get rid of a token. Insubordination. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And um, you just yeah, the perfect I, card to ruin <laughs> my round. You got real quiet, and I jokingly made a stab at that. I was like, "Hey, you're you know, for the funniest guy on the uh, no offense map, but the funny guy on the, uh, the podcast, <laughs> you're you're sure quiet in this game. What's going on, man? Yeah, people people always expect me to talk a lot more, uh, but yeah, I I like I'm I think that I have trouble keeping all of twilight imperium in my head mm-hmm. so like if i'm talking i'm probably not doing i'm either thinky bits messing up if i'm i'm if i'm talking too much i'm definitely messing up right um but yeah no and and also i tend to get uh uh salty i'm a salty player like if we <laughs> i mean if we if there was a blacklist for saltiness i can't guarantee that i wouldn't be on it you know? <laughs> And um, sometimes it's like on record, like on YouTube forever. I don't understand why I don't just take that video down. I have the authority to do it. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. If if I take that down, it's like Matt has that video sitting around somewhere. No, it, I it will be don't. gone forever. <laughs> anyway, like I'm so, not on the YouTube right now thinking about doing that. But <laughs> I'm not clicking the button as we speak. Uh, so we have this whole other kind of topic to break down, and I feel like it's a really, really super meaty topic that we don't have time to like give the due diligence to. But I think we still wanted to talk a little bit about like, well, we're talking about organized games. How does this lead into the idea of a competitive system within Tabletop Simulator or within Twilight Imperium at large. This was something that at the end of our tournament, Root was like super opposed to. He, he thinks the idea of a, a league or anything like that is like the worst idea ever. I so think I'm people, with him now. Right. I, I, I think he's right. I don't think it's, I don't think leagues are, I don't think they're possible, first of all. Right. But I also don't think they're a very good idea. I think, yeah. I think trying to measure Twilight Imperium over that long of a scale for like one person is... I think right. kind of just difficult. Well, and the, the biggest issue with it is a league in, insinuates like a a ranking system and a score outside of just the fact that you won a game, which that means you're rating a player based on their points, which all of us know you've been in a situation where you were at five points, but had just as much of a chance to win that round as anybody else. So TI is not a game that functions on a quantitative level, right? You, you either won or you didn't, and that's it. That's that's completely it. So how I don't know what a structure for competitive play could even look like, and and I'm curious, Tyler, if your if your group that does all these organized games, what what they have, um, you know, thought about this in the past, or if they, you know, if they've also kind of shied away from it, or what your take on that is. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Definitely agree on the, the no leaks thing. I think it sounded good on paper, but it would just be really tough to sustain. But it, it's also gonna, it's gotta, 
um, a side to it that really plays more negatively, I think, than positively. But I think on the organized side, like, again, you know, we're talking, for me, purely just personal perspectives. So um, it's because I really like more skilled, competitive games. Again, learning from players that I know are better than me, and I like to play with them more frequently so that I can just learn more things, right, to, to kind of hone my play style and make it better for future purposes, especially, you know, we've talked about, or at least you guys have talked about, um, more tournaments down the road and talked about, you know, potentially, um, I think you brought this up, Hunter, about, you know, the, the comedy bits and how you guys try to get your skits through submission of um, yourself and to try to get uh, brought into a gig or something like that. Yeah. but. If we could do that in these organized groups, I think that that'd be a good way to, to kind of help people, you know, put a different um, expectation on how they're going to play these games. And then if they want to be in organized types of group games, um, open to all, truthfully. But it's it's also knowing that, you know, when you guys say we're going to put another tournament on for X day, like we know that there's a way that we can get qualified for that. So I think that that's a cool way to do it. Um and not only just with the same group of, you know, folks that I play with, the same, like, 10 or 15 guys, but um, open that up to anybody, really. And that doesn't even have to be me kind of taking the leadership on organizing these games, but anybody could do that, right? Right, yeah. I yeah, think, Hunter, can you can you talk about that like, yeah, yeah. comedy so, type thing? So I think uh, that one of the reasons that leagues don't sound very good is that there's this weird thing that Twilight Imperium changes so much when there really is, like, a second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth place basically i feel like and i yeah. think a league kind of has to take that into account so so my idea for like a different way of possibly doing a tournament in the future um is just having people tape a game where they felt like they played very well like it's literally like you know someone someone that's playing that game with you is uh recording it on obs or whatever and then, you know, if you did well, if you're the winner, then you take that tape and then you would send that in to an organizer. Maybe it's Space Cats, Peace Turtles, maybe it's whoever. I don't, I, and then the organizer, instead of instead of having a tournament where everyone has to kind of come to, like they got to find, you know, the open, open time in their schedule, um, you know, and like coordinate all of this stuff. If instead it's literally you're just sending in a video of you playing, the organizer watches the video and then the organizer just has to make the call like, is this, you know, was this win good enough? Or it, you might not even send in a winning tape. Maybe you don't even have time to send in a win winning tape. You have a tape where you almost won, but it was very interesting. You made some good choices. Um, and you're just trying to show that off basically to these organizers. And then the organizer, instead of, you know, they can watch this tape whenever they want and then also decide like, all right, is this, is this good enough to make it into like the 36 spots right. basically in this smaller tournament? I just think it would be a, a, a way to potentially save some time and also make it easier for people um, to organize because the, the tournament, I mean, part of what made the tournament so difficult was just making sure everybody could be there for that. It's a very long, like, it's a big block of time that yep. we had to figure out what was 108 people. 100 and yeah, 108. So we had to find a like big chunks of time where 108 people could all be doing the same thing at the same time. And that yeah. and that was essentially the challenge. And this would be a way to kind of sidestep a lot of that. And what yeah. I like about this system is that 
Uh, people probably aren't going to send in tapes of them not winning the game. I mean, I think there are there are potentially times where you would do that, but it it makes it where the only thing we have to evaluate is one win, basically, right. and then the other um, the other part of it is that it's clean in that you know. If you play more games, obviously those are more opportunities for you to get a better tape. But you also could just play one game and get a good tape out of it. And I like that just kind of binary of just yeah. like you play more, you get more chances, um, but it really just comes down to this one time, which is very similar to comedy. And that right. in comedy, if you're going out a lot, those are more opportunities for you to do really well. Um, but you, it's not... Everything isn't determined just based on experience. You know what right. I mean? Right. So it's like a mixture of experience and your ability to do well under pressure. And I think that, like, there's something about that overlap that I really like. Because I don't want it to just be, you know, the most experienced player wins every single time. That's not as, that's not as much fun because we can always anticipate how it's going to come out if that's the case. Right. Everybody likes it to also kind of have this element of like, it can be shaken up. You know, somebody could send in a tape that we've never heard of before. And then, and their tape is just really good. And we're like, Oh my God, who's this? And then they just like show up and it's great. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I think the reason we gravitate Hunter and I gravitate to towards this sort of system is because at the end of the day, tournaments we are going to organize are tournaments that are good for TV. And that's different than like your local board game shop doing a, a tournament right for us it's like we want we, we kind of want to put on a good show um so that's not even to say you have to be a really talkative player but it's like we want to see the players that do really creative stuff to to win um and, and not even to say there's like metrics but it's just the idea is that we have to find a way to shave off the fact that the prelims for the last tournament took like two and a half months and uh you know cost a lot of week it's just a lot like it's a lot for anyone to take on even if we as an entire community got better at putting together things you know we i think the community has talked about a different another way to do prelims would be if there are volunteer moderators that are kind of approved by the tournament organizer that they can be a part of a bunch of different games that act as the prelims and this this is different than a league because it would still be structured prelims but just the main thing being that like hunter or i do not have to be a part of every single game if there's a legion of 15 people that are willing to sit in games and and moderate and uh you know basically make sure that a valid winner comes out of it or whatever uh that's a that's another system to approach this with but it all comes down to needing even more communication between all of us as a community, right? It's all, it all leans on these, these discord servers that we have or, or Reddit or board game geek, where we like really talk through these methods. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that these are all just ideas. I just want to throw yep. that out there. This is not like, this is just who knows. And I actually, I kind of feel like, you know, I, I don't know that this, like, in talking through this this tape thing, this is just, like, kind of my best... The thing the thing that was on the top of my head that seemed like, oh, this is, like, maybe a creative solution to this problem. Um, but also, we have a lot more Patreoners than we did before. Enough so to where we could, we, we could have the clean prelims to semis to finals that we dreamed of without right. having to do the knockout round. That's now possible. Did you know that? It's possible. Every single person on our Patreon would have to do it, but even more so, I mean, I would love to do just an open invitation 
uh, tournament where anybody, I mean, that's basically what the Patreon tournament is. It's a dollar. But uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, a 216 person tournament is, would be quite a feat. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we could just quit our jobs. Like if we didn't have jobs. (laughs) That'll work. (laughs) What if, what if we didn't have jobs and then this would, that it would just be our job to figure all this out because the thing is too even if we did this tape system i we would lose something which is that what's really cool about the first tournament is if you wanted to and i don't know why you would i I mean i know i certainly wouldn't watch it at this point because i was there (laughs) already for enough of it but if you wanted to you could just decide like you know what I'm just going to watch through the whole story again. Like I'm going to start from game one (laughs) and just watch the whole thing build up to that point. And we would, we would definitely lose that if we found any way to cut around the prelims. Cause the The prelims is is when it's the prelims around is when it's all wild. And there's not like, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in the prelims and then things kind of narrow from there. Okay. I have a solution, Hunter. Yeah. Um, so, we have a person here with us who has a history of taking off work for five months and dedicating all of it to the Twilight Imperium factory. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler, you're hired. Tyler, I was gonna say, five yeah, months. Ha- have at it. All right. Well, you're hired. That that's it. We we did it. Uh, can uh, you uh, and and we're gonna give you the keys to the show too. We I. You know. <laughs> Perfect. Rum, 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 rum. It's yeah, a, you guys don't have to worry car. about it, man. I'll keep the lights on. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> He's Tom Bodet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Well, is there is, Tyler? Is there anything else? Uh, is there anything else you want to you want to put in this? You want to slam into this into your into your guy right here? I guess the one last thing I would say is um, just along the the lines of the organized gameplay, I think, again, it's really ultimately up to the individual and what they're looking for. But um, there have been some instances where it's not anything that would be personal. It's just that certain people that perhaps I just don't know. And being such a broad online community, I've had people reach out and ask to be uh, considered for future games. And I've definitely made those accommodations. So I would encourage anybody that's kind of looking for, you know, how to get into something like that because they're looking for more, um, regardless of your skill level, it's looking for more competitive games with some of the well-known names that are in this community that um, play pretty well. Feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm happy to, to consider for uh, future organized games. And if anything, we just like the, you know, the whole theme of this, this episode really has just been, let's be more social than we already are. And yeah. People are willing to take on more of a leadership role, and it's informal. It doesn't have to be anything major, but um, whatever you're willing to do when it comes to these organized group plays, you know, I would encourage that because I think it's super cool that this community has become what it is already. It's it's already way more bigger than it was a year ago when I first jumped in. For yeah, sure. for sure. I, I got I got a fun little question for you actually to kind of to kind of end on. Um, if you were gonna book like a game. Let's say you can't book yourself. Let's go ahead and take you out of it. And you can't book me or me or Matt. We're not, we're we're gonna watch it. We're gonna broadcast it. What six <laughs> players would you tap to just like let's all collectively watch these six players play? Oh goodness gracious! Keep in mind the six me. people you name. We're we're gonna make this happen. This will be yeah, a yeah. thing. <laughs> you're 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 gonna book a game that we're gonna watch in in August or whatever. Whenever we can get these people together. So who would those people be? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, apologize in advance for anybody that would hope to be on this list, but some of the... I oh, guess, we'll do it funnier. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I would definitely say Jaynor would need to be in that game. He's one of the funnier guys that just cracks me up when we play. Um, you got to throw seven in if you want to get some fireworks in your game. Mm-hmm. Um, patience is a virtue if you want like a sage at the table that is super friendly, um, but also is going to kick your butt if you're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mantis, got to throw Mantis in there, man. He's, he's one of my favorite guys to play with. He and I have had quite a bit of a love-hate relationship, but it always ends on a good note. Where am I at? One, two, three, four. I got Zendog, one of my all-time favorites to play with. And um, he's one of the more skilled guys. I'd say he's got a unique style. He's very, uh, very friendly, and he's one of my favorite people to negotiate with. So if you're looking for that uh, always easygoing deal making guy, you got to have Zendog at the table. Um, gosh, last, and I don't even want to. I'm just now I'm going racking the mind to find the sixth person, but I'd say I'd throw Root in there, man. I love playing oh, with Root. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen too much of him lately. I know he's busy, and I encourage that. Personal life takes precedent. But, uh, it's not um, personal. It's because we have him on retainer. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he in the basement he's right working, now? He's like, working on some stuff <laughs> for us right now. Um, no, cool. Reed's a good time though, man. I love playing with him. That's perfect. Well, we are definitely going to do uh, a stream in the future as soon as we... Uh, everyone who just heard your name being called out, I expect to hear from us soon. And we're going to do a Welch's curated um, stream, basically, of all six of you guys playing. So that'd be super fun. I dig it. That was not in the prep uh, track, by the way. No, I no, I know. So. I just, I just threw that out at him. And, and that, it seemed like a really fun idea. So I was like, I want to throw this out here. I also like that, what I like about these six players, too, is that they were all over the place as far as like how they did in our tournament. Yeah, so this yeah. is, we, we, we wouldn't necessarily have put all of these together, and that's why I wanted to ask you. You know what I mean? These are a mixture of people cool. that didn't make it through the prelims, and then some semifinals a finalist and then root who didn't even play in the thing right yeah that's cool make sure i'm invited i want to spectate oh, yeah, yeah. i want to be uh color black i gotta i gotta have the god rights so <laughs> yeah. all right awesome well i want to go ahead and have everybody rate us on your podcast apple choice oh, yeah, especially apple Podcasts and itunes you can find us on twitter at space cats pod you can find us on facebook space cats peace turtles you can find our posts every single week on the twilight imperium subreddit ooh, 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 wait, wait i want to throw out a gimmick for apple Podcasts this oh this, yeah this week it's been, if, it's uh, been a if good you thing. if you want to rate us this week and refer to us as the most competitive twilight imperium podcast putting all those other twilight imperium podcasts to shame <laughs> why not do that that sounds fun that's a you good know. one we are uh, we, have you ever realized that we're in a specific such a specific genre of podcast that we are alone we are literally <laughs> like it like we're like our own little subgenre of podcast uh you can also join our <laughs> patreon <laughs> it's true it is true <laughs> Uh, you can be just like Tyler and have an episode all to yourself if you join our Patreon and become a Space Kitty, or you can be a Goodyan Brotherhood member and play games with us, uh, all kinds of benefits. Uh, you can join our Discord to uh, gain a- access to those benefits, but also you can just be on our Discord for free and hang out and talk to all of us. Uh, Hunter Donaldson, who are you? Yeah, so uh, I do comedy and produce comedy, and this Saturday in Portland is the best uh, the best comedy show that you can see all year, uh, amateur-wise, anyways. Uh, amateur comedy. Well, not amateur comedy. Let's let's call it semi-pro comedy. <laughs> um, and it's going to be on uh, July 27th at Desert Island Studios. Uh, there, it's a ten, there's ten dollar ticket, 
sorry it's sometimes we had to pay uh rental fees so like it we had to charge tickets but um and they've actually been selling pretty well so like if you are on the fence about coming or not i would encourage you to buy your tickets sooner rather than later we still have some available but like they they are going pretty fast um the lineup is the best i could possibly hope for um including we actually added another a comedian, a very like old Portland, uh, super solid uh, comedian that, that hosts a regular show at UCB in uh, LA. His name is Andrew Meeshan. Um, we have Curtis Cook, who is a um, he is a correspondent on the Jim Jeffrey show and also a writer on that show um, from the beginning. Uh, and we have Milan Patel, who is uh, my favorite my favorite comedian in the whole world. So there you go. All that for ten bucks, and then also all of the other people on on the uh, list are just uh, the best comedians in Portland, and it's hosted by me and my friend Jake. There we go. Nice, uh, Tyler. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This was a this was a great one to have, and I'm sorry it took so so very 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 long to get it into your hands. <laughs> Not a problem at all. If anything, we were able to just premeditate a bit more. So I think uh, hopefully it was enjoyable for the listeners, but I think it was it was fun to make it with you guys. And again, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity. Looking forward to meeting you guys in person at uh, Gen Con. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Two weeks. You just made my heart sink. We're, oh, I'm yeah. Also, out. Gen Con's coming up. Uh, oh, check man. us out at that freaking out oh yeah we didn't even mention that show thursday thursday at 3 p.m at gen con if you're there come see us live come see us live and also oh, you can there. just come see us like you can just come like, say hello you, you can also just say hi i mean you'd have to find us but you can find us We're and right. you'll now and, and you'll be able to meet the now world famous tyler welch so come yeah. shake his hand as well world and famous thank tyler him. welch uh <laughs> ej's gonna be there like working and carrying gear yin for life is going to be there probably following us in the shadows i don't know it's going to be haunting yeah yeah <laughs> you, connor will be around uh so you can you know can we end this show before we just list all of our friends uh i want to leave some of our friends out actually <laughs> <laughs> root root will be there oh yeah yeah root will be there we can't leave root out and then i'm that's it i'm done <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> all. Nobody else so of important. There's not going to be anybody else there. Uh-oh. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>